in five, four, three, two, one. Welcome everybody to another episode of the Moon Tea Podcast, hosted by John Kim 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 and Hugh Berryman. Myself. So what we do here is we talk about anything and everything. We've been discussing a lot about crypto lately, but we kind of have the goal of just talking about craft community and the pursuit of building meaningful careers and anything that falls in that type of umbrella and outside of it. We've got a Twitter, by the way, tweeted us, the Moon Tea Podcast, at, and uh, an email if you ever want to DM us mm-hmm. and something like that. So themoonteapodcast at gmail.com. With that, take it away, John. Yo. Hey. What's up? Another week's gone by. Eugene was fun last week. That was so fun. I missed him already. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I... Yeah, I, I was I was pretty confused by the end, but I was like, "Cool, it's nice nice to have that perspective in our podcast." And for the uh, one or two listeners, we'll have more guests for you. Don't worry, it won't be just us forever. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, how has your week been? Busy, lots of work. Been fun though. Um, just kind of getting through scaling issues been trying to we've been trying to grow out our design team that was fun at work uh, personal life it's going fine i've been eating a lot of uh, oatmeal and some Ooh. almonds and such been making that every morning with some eggs so hey now th- next up gotta make some sp- uh, um, uh, a good lunch but i made a spaghetti the other day for dinner and i was like yeah go john episode whatever seven or six or uh, john's posture of you so good <laughs> Wow, I'm, I'm impressed yeah building my life up bit by bit moon tea podcasts improving it <laughs> <laughs> hmm. what about you yeah pretty much the same work is uh, busy taking a lot of my a lot of my uh, mental resources um yeah i mean we're building building a lot of features and uh just juggling a lot of things and there's only like three of us working on our specific project full-time but we're getting a little bit more and more help from outside of the company nice but, getting some mentors or some additional resources to tap to to make it yeah nice. yeah but enough enough about work Training, training well for your marathon, your triathlon. Um, I, I run like maybe once or twice a week, and then once in a while during my lunch break, I'll cycle nice. at a uh, like the the cycle machine. Um, but yeah, I've I've actually been rock climbing a little bit more, and yeah, I'll, I'll be in LA sometime later this month so i'll I'll be uh swimming for that week so hopefully i get enough running and swimming and biking that week when i have access to more stuff wait when are you going to be in la i think i might be in la later this month too may may 22nd are you you going after the palm springs thing oh i don't know maybe maybe i'll stay there for another day or two i I was gonna say i'd assist for sure but other than that yeah, I'll be what? in LA though with you. <laughs> on the on the same day? Well, no, I don't know. You had Palm Springs and then LA so yeah, close. I'm, Why not? Yeah, I'm going, I'm going right after Palm Springs. So oh cool. We can carpool. Oh, that could be fun. Yeah. Yeah. Your sister lives in Pasadena, which is like 10, 15 minute drive from my parents. And then we can be like, Julia, I'm here to annoy you. Hi. <laughs> Are you staying for the whole week or? I, I just asked for Wednesday, Thursday, Friday off, and then I haven't, I didn't ask for the next week off, so maybe I'll come back Sunday or something. Oh, okay. Sunday or Monday. We'll see. More I'll work I'm, from there. I'll figure it yeah. out. Yeah. Yeah. I'm working. I'm working from there. I mean, yeah. Cool. 
Nice. Well, everybody, that was totally <laughs> Well, John and I don't. This is where we catch up too. So <laughs> <laughs> we just record it, and hey, it's up to you. If you want to listen so to it or not? No wonder. <laughs> <laughs> we do talk about interesting things, though, here and there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's let's see what's what's interesting. Um. How much do we want to keep talking about crypto is the question, or do you want to try to tangent? Uh, if something interesting comes up, then happy to talk about it. I, I, I feel like, I feel like when it's a bull market, which it is right now, there's a lot of noise to start through. So like people are excited about it. And then you start getting a lot of memes and you start, you just get this like giant circle jerk of people being like, it's going to go up. Like I heard this thing from this guy who works at this place and he said, adoption is coming. And then everyone's like, oh yeah, to the moon. And it's, it's so sad because I, I was actually on the uh, Bitcoin subreddit. And one day I found, I found a way to look at posts from like seven years ago. And so I was, I was reading through posts from like 2011 and people are, are writing long form content about like monetary policy and, and like what Bitcoin could be and like what it means for central banks. And like people are writing like just like having a, like an actual like discussion about, about the topic. And, and I guess, I guess as, uh, as it got bigger and bigger, there was like less and less of that. Or, or maybe, maybe I'm not looking in the right places, but, but yeah, I would, I would read through that and just be like, wow, this is like, people really get it. And it's like 2011. So they're all probably doing okay for themselves. And I was like, man, why couldn't, why couldn't I hang out with these people when I was in college, but didn't have disposable income either. So would not have uh, changed things too much, but, but uh, yeah, it's interesting. Like I'm, I, I would I would love to like I would love to read more of that of, of people having just like just talking more about just like having a, a intelligent conversation about it and like being thoughtful and that's that's kind of hard to find and so it's it it kind of becomes less fun for me like the meme the memes are funny I'm not gonna lie but it's it's just like okay, I'm not I'm not gonna care as much, like as as the memes keep coming, like, uh, like it doesn't, like I don't really learn anything. But I will say I will say when Bitcoin first crossed nine thousand, and you know the Vegeta meme, where he's like it's yeah. over nine thousand, like that was that was just that was just like filling it up everywhere, and that was hilarious, and that was that was great, <laughs> but can't really top that no no you can't <laughs> that's really funny <laughs> i wish i were in the game by that time at that time that's so funny oh man so yeah that's yeah. that's interesting i was looking at, i was reading the the kraken market recap in april and it was funny i skimmed through that. that i saw that yeah yeah the the forward slash the r slash bitcoin red subreddit has 1.6 million viewers the wow. Ethereum one what will has 836k viewers or wow. subscribers. And then the Cardano one just went up by 50k this past stretch. And so it's nice. at 633k. Cool. Yeah, it's just interesting that you said that. Because I think that's also a thing is that type of conversation is gonna definitely get diminished as it scales up. And those are just community forums. Like I think yeah, on on average, like you'll still find good stuff you just have to sort through it you can't just like google bitcoin book anymore and like mm. assume that it's, it's all good. really thoughtful um so i think like stuff by andreas antonopoulos and uh and the uh professor guy who wrote bitcoin standard um uh, yeah. Moose, um, yeah so there's there's some stuff there nice so. yeah yeah i i feel you there i, I was actually it's funny. I, I get a lot of my information from YouTube videos and mm. 
that's at least how I start things. When I go down deep rabbit holes, I just kind of watch every YouTube video and every moment that I have, I guess. And I don't get tired of it for a bit, but then I do. With regards to the crypto thing, just about two, three days ago, I finally gotten through most of those those high level, really cool spaces like, you know, Coin Bureau, I really, really enjoy. Like I'll put a name out for him. I think he breaks down things really, really well. But him and others, like others, he's a bit better, but a number of others I've been seeing that I'm when I just like Google, you know, Bitcoin or Ethereum or other things and then try to find videos, they're all about technical analyses. And they're all about reading charts or certain type mm. of volumetric things. And I realized after watching more than 20 is there's very little discussion about the true depths. Like when you look, like I've been looking up Ethereum versus Cardano recently, Mm -hmm. and I've been trying to deep dive into the difference between smart contracts. So I said Ethereum smart contracts versus Cardano smart contracts. And you don't get much. The video comparisons of ETH, ADA, and Polkadot are really very mediocre. And I was mm-hmm. curious about that. And I was like, why is that? And so no one's talking about smart trench contract programming language, TPS, transaction per section, seconds, the different updates that are going into depth, except for like, yeah, this new update's going to be game changer. I'm up to $3. You're like, okay, just, but why? <laughs> right. Uh, and and I've been, so I've been rec- recently just realizing, oh, I'm going to have to start writing and learning the nuances myself did you know so let's tangent there since all we talk about can is crypto I, and I, I love it can oh, i just yeah, say can i it. just say one thing yeah uh i i also watch those videos and the moment someone opens a graph and starts talking about it they've lost all credibility to me um and maybe maybe it's because i'm not smart enough to look at look at those angles and like try to understand things from there but like i think i think the other thing is like it's also not that interesting like if the if the only goal is to make money like yeah i mean like that's that's a that's a totally reasonable goal but then i i feel like it's one of those things where if you're just trying to make money you're probably not going to do that well if you're trying to learn and you make a big bet and like make money as an outcome, then I suspect that way you'll, you'll uh, actually make money. And so it's, it's just this weird thing where if you have this goal, you have to have like a tangential goal in order to reach that other goal. But like you have the benefit of, of uh, learning about the industry and about the projects and about, about the, uh, tech behind it so yeah that's that's all i had to say but again maybe we should have someone who looks at charts and and uh does really well i think i think that'd be the only caveat be like you would have to have done well for yourself and and well we're happy to hear what you have to say so if any of you looks at charts for a living and does well for yourself hit us up all right what were you gonna say hmm We'll have to think about it. But with, with with regards to the charts, though, I did find one chart to be interesting. So the technical analysis charts, I totally get it. Like Fibonacci, it just hit the Fibonacci rainbow pattern, and you're like, what? I don't. I really <laughs> Dude, don't know. Someone made that up. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's cool. Uh, and so there's like an interesting one that I saw for Ethereum recently, where it was talking about the amount of the price going up and the amount of Ethereum that was staked. And so I think those are really good charts. So I want to find more of those. And I don't see those in enough videos, which is now I'm kind of like, oh, that's interesting how that's kind of not discussed. And I'm trying to find like a central place to find staking information of how much is staked. Because uh, I couldn't, I didn't think it was right when I was looking at Ethereum on CoinMarketCap just last night. I was trying to find, there's like a toggle, a toggle where it says circulating supply and total supply. Mm-hmm. And for Ethereum, I was just a bit confused because there wasn't very much difference and it didn't make sense to me because 
I just, I need to figure it out. Yeah, it didn't really make too much sense. Um, so with, with regards to all of that, I do think that I would like more technical comparisons between Cardano, ADA, and, uh, and then Polkadot, DOT, and Ethereum, ETH. And I've been thinking a lot about it as, as we kind of go down it. Um, I, I, I really do think Bitcoin is really, really great as a, a digital gold. But the mm-hmm. more I read in the past few months, and the more I actually am getting on board to this to know, mm-hmm. the less I'm being convinced that Bitcoin is like the one huzzah for all. It, it's, I think it'll be a good store of value, but the more I'm like reading about the ecosystem, the less utility I see it having. A cross-border transaction, B2B, like the payment network, sure, first of its kind. Proof of work, I'm getting less and less convinced on. Hmm. Okay. And due to different solutions, like proof of stake is an interesting transition, but with the ability for like Ethereum staking pools to have to buy hardware that scales up with their staking pools. So it's kind of like a hybrid between proof of work and proof of stake. Yeah. And I want to look more into it. So I don't, in a few episodes, we'll probably go into it because I'm just beginning to dive into those details, but then you've got like Solano. And I was just talking to a gentleman just yesterday about Solano and their proof of time and they use the two mm-hmm. SHA 256 and how to do that. And so there, there are different types of ideas on how to do it. And, and the more I look into proof of work, the more I'm like, oh, I don't, I don't exactly know. It's, and then the other thing I, I want to figure out more about are t- transactions per second. So, mm-hmm. right. You've got the block size limit and then the forks for Bitcoin cash and SV and stuff. But Bitcoin is the 10 megabyte block with 10 minute transactions per block or 10 minute block times to be created. And then within it, you've got X transactions per second. What is it? Seven. And then also, I think it's a one megabyte block. um, Is it is for for Bitcoin? Yeah. For Bitcoin. Is it really? I think Uh, so. Let me look that up. Bitcoin blocks. And then I think, I think uh, BCH is four megabytes. Oh yeah, I mixed that up. That was the fork. They wanted more block size in it, right? And that's mm-hmm. why they forked it. Yeah, I totally messed that up. And okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. And I'm curious, actually, what's the? So just because it's so much hype, because we'll get into that one. Is is there a block size limit on? No, I don't even want it on Doge. Oh my goodness, I've been asked about <laughs> Doge so many times recently. Okay. Well, yeah, um, you're the Doge expert among your community. No, it's the troll coin of the community, <laughs> but it's really funny. It's, I, I just don't believe that it's gotten to where it has right now. I, it doesn't make <laughs> yeah. sense to me. It just doesn't make sense. And even my dad was just asking, he's like, is that a good investment? Like, should I be, really be thinking about that? And I was like, there are so many other things that like make way more sense. Why are we talking about Doge? But they say it'll go up to maybe a dollar and such. And, and I was like, <laughs> I can't say, have you looked at their GitHub repo? Look at how many commits there were in the last year, like four, maybe zero, you know, (laughs) (laughs) there's no community. Well, there's a community and such, but there's no, I don't understand. It just doesn't make sense to me. Like why, why it's becoming, it's just being so hyped by celebrities and stuff. And it's done well. Somebody who bought $5,000, I saw a tweet the other day, last night, the other day, and a person bought $5,000 worth a year or two years ago. Mm-hmm. And their Robin Hood or whatever it was has a million dollars now. And so you're <laughs> like, I'm happy for that person. You know, like, go you. Uh, I'm a bit sad. That's not me, but hey, <laughs> that's cool. So I don't want to hate on anyone winning and such, but just as a, it doesn't make sense to me <laughs> right now as the thing to be choosing over even Bitcoin, Lightning Network and such. But over other smart contract platforms that seem to be a lot more robust. Like I'm getting much more blown away by Cardano by the day. Oh, okay. They have, they, so the history is Ethereum started with like eight co-founders, right? And one of them was Vitalik. And then two Mm -hmm. others were, one was Chris Hopkins. 
Kinson or something like that. And then another one was someone else. I forget. I'm still learning. And then they kind of had a dispute and Ethereum of like Vitalik wanted to keep Ethereum as a nonprofit. And then Christopher wanted to take it for profit or something like that. And then they had a dispute and they, he went off and made Cardano. And then the other guy, third co-founder went off and made Polkadot. And oh, one cool. of them was like the chief tech officer before Vitalik. And then when Cardano was happening, the idea behind it was they wanted to do it with scientific rigorous testing. And so they have mm -hmm. a bunch of research papers and scientists and they've funded a lot of research programs and PhD programs in different universities around the world. Mm. And so they are a bit slower to innovate in a certain way, but that's because they have everything being tested rigorously by scientists and PhD programs to then create the next step of a protocol or something like that. I need to go more into the details of it, <clears throat> but that seems a lot more sturdy, right? In a certain way. So it's a nice hedge in a way to keep looking into. And I was watching a video of the guy from 2017 and the video of him yesterday. And he's saying similar things, you know, he's like, I was saying, he was basically saying Ethereum is going to have scalability problems. Their transaction for seconds are going to have a problem. Interoperability mm -hmm. is going to be a problem. These are the things that we're trying to fix. Like Bitcoin is the first level. If we're talking about levels, it was the first generation, first thing to prove the concept of P2P, peer-to-peer -peer cash. Then you've got Ethereum. That was the second one that blew everything away with the, the smart contracts and dApps. And now we're going into these level threes or third tier generations is what he's saying, which really seemed to me like they're just brother, sister to Ethereum at generation two. But mm -hmm. he was like, these are the things that Cardano is kind of figuring out. And this is why we're better type thing. And they're like helping and focusing on a lot of developing countries in Africa and, and Ethiopia and government. They just partnered with to create identification on the blockchain and um, scorecards or something for their students in, in Ethiopia. So I think it's really interesting. I don't understand enough of it, but over the next few weeks, I'm going to keep diving down and I'll re report back here. <laughs> cool. Looking forward to seeing what you, what more you have to say. Yeah. I, yeah. So you mentioned that you mentioned that you're having, uh, you're questioning the, uh, like what, whether or not we need to go the proof of work route and, and like whether or not Bitcoin will stay as this like head honcho status for the long term. I think that's, yeah, I think that's the biggest uh, like point of contention between the Bitcoin maximalists and kind of like everyone else. And Ethereum is actually not that far away. It's, I think it's like 30 to 40% of Bitcoin's market cap. And so it's not, it's not that far away. It'll be, it'll be interesting, I guess, like... Yeah, it's just something that's never happened before. It's something that always, it almost happened in late 2017 after the uh, Bitcoin, Bitcoin Cash fork. Like Bitcoin Cash almost, almost uh, reached parity with Bitcoin. Oh, you're muted. Oopsie, sorry about that. Oops, I didn't realize uh, that. That's interesting. It was, it was for like, it was for like 15 minutes, like wow. where the market cap got really close and then, and then it separated again. Like the market cap of Bitcoin cash was higher than Ethereum for like 30 minutes. Wow. Yeah. So right now, what I'm, if I remember correctly, I've been looking at it for the past day as well is uh, market cap for Bitcoin is like 1.01 trillion. Market cap for Ethereum, I think, was 383 billion. And then three, four, five are around the 70 to 80 billion mm -hmm. market cap range. And the thing that I don't understand, it's interesting you brought up Bitcoin Cash, is right this second, Bitcoin Cash about a month and a half ago was around $650. That was when I was playing the blockchain poker. So I know that because mm -hmm. I was thinking about it. Just in the past two days or three days, it's gone up like 30 to 
And before that, I was going up a bit. So now it's like 1200 to 1400. I don't remember what. And I don't know what it is that sparked Bitcoin Cash to come up in the past few days, even though there has been a bit of a bull run on like Ethereum and, and most, most coins in general, except for Bitcoin's kind of stuck in its pattern. But I just don't understand why why Bitcoin Cash of all of them was going up so much for one thing. But it, I, don't yeah. think, I don't think everything needs a reason. Yeah, no, like it's it true. Could, it it's could just true. be the a random group of people happens to buy it at the same time and then dogecoin yeah. <laughs> that's what dogecoin is right now yes yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then and then it just randomly happened to like other people seem to randomly notice it and like there there are people who do like momentum trading where they like try to what ride that wave i mean it seems terrifying um oh, that seems very very hard <laughs> yeah yeah um but yeah it things go up and down and right now it seems seems like things are going up but yeah it's not i don't think it's really i guess i guess that it's good for the ecosystem because it funds new projects and it sends a sign to the market that this is something to be taken seriously or like if you're a developer that um you could like, like, make your career into the crypto world. Like, there, there's a lot of good things that happen when the price goes up. But one bad thing is that a lot of people think that they're geniuses because you can pretty much buy anything. Like, Ripple is still going up. It's at one fifty right now, right? It's crazy. Or one thirty now. It's it's crazy. It was at thirty three cents. Just what is it? Yeah. Two months ago. But so so there there are people who like hold that and think very highly of themselves and yeah i think that's potentially dangerous like it's not it's not like a sustainable long-term thing to always have things grow and always have your your assets like go up some crazy percentage like even even on the report that you had linked to it was it was saying like oh bitcoin has only gone up by two percent in the last month it was outperformed by all this other stuff and you know it's like dude the s p 500 we're we're kind of used to seeing it, it go up on average like four to five percent every year for the long run and like yeah the last decade has been like nine percent or whatever but uh like it's i think it's important to keep those expectations in check but yeah yeah we'll see and also if you think about it bitcoin was ten thousand dollars in december <laughs> you know yeah how how much more <laughs> And Ethereum was four hundred dollars in December, right? So yeah, it's thirty five hundred today. Interesting, um, an all time high around basically. But yeah, not not to yeah. say it can't it can't go up or that it doesn't deserve to be really high. Like I think there are a lot of reasons why everything could go up more. We may or may not have a crash. Um, yeah that's gonna be fun if we do it's gonna be sad but uh, yeah there's an interesting thing in that report was bitcoin's dominance sank to a three-year low of 49 percent. so i thought that was a fascinating thing at least mm -hmm. compared to the one month thing where it used to be like over 50 of course 60s and stuff of of the domination of market cap and and mm -hmm. whatnot of bitcoin and now it's going under 50 it's pretty big to be honest seems like yeah a lot more eugenes of the world are <laughs> really making it you know yeah i don't think eugene has any bitcoin which is interesting that's amazing which yeah, is funny yeah. I, get, I give him shit all the time because i i say uh hey if if uh hello daddy daddy's talking to me uh well no where john says hello or dad says hello i mean <laughs> oh cool <laughs> Uh, hello. J John says hello back. 
anyways back to you and back to you yeah i give i give eugene shit all the time because i i tell him if you had if you had put all your money into bitcoin and forgotten about it how would you have done relative to how you're doing right now and he's like i would have done better oh really oh. interesting interesting i i i couldn't tell i i feel like eugene is probably onto something though i think he might outperform yeah, so it could it could it could be different like a month from now so who knows yeah the 2017 and it was interesting the history he was giving about the drop he was playing in seven 2017 and such it's like wow i wish i were that cool <laughs> i only you knew about cool bitcoin <laughs> and i just like bought at the all-time high and then oh, yeah. dropped like 40 percent <laughs> and then i was like i'm selling I'm sorry. I was like looking at my dad. Don't look at me. <laughs> yeah, the people who made money from that are the people who have been buying for the last three years. Like, yeah. Which yeah. is just like, it's it's just the easiest way to do it. You just like keep buying with any money that you don't need for a long time. Yeah, yeah. But whatever. My personal portfolio, I, I don't have much and but bitcoin's now less than ethereum for me <laughs> and myself oh interesting yeah yeah nice um, and also with the rise of ethereum and the down of bitcoin i guess but it is interesting nice i'm i'm a late adopter to this whole thing but i'll get into it i'm excited yeah you're also make doing, stuff you're also doing your startup at, it's like you didn't have a too much disposable income for a year or so. so yeah. 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 500 bucks. <laughs> yeah. Mm. And I, I spent, I spent many years like trying to get a software job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I look like, at it now. I'm just happy <laughs> to be yeah, like, whatever. I'm good. Thanks. Did a good job. We'll get there. Takes time. Snowball it. Right. <laughs> yeah. Cool. How about a, a tangent of a question? Yeah. Under what conditions would you would you uh, look into doing your own startup again? Because uh, just just as some background for those listening, it was a uh, Hughes' ambition to to start a company, <laughs> get funding, hire people, like make it into a thing kind of like this this rosy picture of, of working with the homies and building something cool and people want it and then and then just continuing to raise rounds of, of funding and and then IPO bam it's it's that easy right so under what conditions would you uh <laughs> would you look into doing your own startup again and and uh is that still how you see things <laughs> that's really funny <laughs> the rosy picture the happy path starry no eyed <laughs> <laughs> and then it turned into 10 months of just slave labor and went nowhere <laughs> did you know one time i was so poor that my friends were going to panera bread or just a place right around the corner at tempe marketplace to eat lunch and they invited me i had such a strapping for cash that I had to make my own spaghetti dinner lunch and bring it there and plop it on the table and be like, can we eat outside? Cause I can't afford <laughs> <laughs> to buy a meal right now. Cause that's, you know, in, you know, in a, in like tournament poker, have you ever, there's a thing called outs and it, you can calculate how many hands you have left in a game by calculating the amount of big blinds divide, uh, the amount of money slash tokens or chips you have divided by your big blinds. Mm -hmm. uh, and so if it's over 20, you're in a really good spot and you can keep playing your, your strat. But if mm -hmm. you're under 20 in the 10 to 20 range, you have only so many outs left that you should start to loosen up your hand and play a bit more radically. And uh, then if you're under 10 outs, then you should really think about starting to go all in for most any hand that's a pair plus at a higher level or something else that are offsuits mm. that are pretty mediocrely good, but you just play it. And it's more gambling as you go down. So I was basically at the 10 to 20 outs range at that time so i was basically counting my life and my money when trying to do the startup <laughs> as, as poker blinds and i was like i only have so many outs and a meal was a percentage of an out you know <laughs> like a 20 wow. meal 
<laughs> or, or half a percent i don't know but mm -hmm. if you think about it i was like oh my god <laughs> so it was it was funny i didn't go to 20 outs it would i'd calculate it like 100 meals or 200 meals or something but it was still like i don't have that many meals i can hang out with friends and have a good time with left i should probably start <laughs> finding a job <laughs> <laughs> but long way around is yeah i'd be so down is i just don't i i personally really am becoming more interested by the day in in blockchain right that's basic the thing that I was actually talking about as I was asking a mentor from Airbnb, one of our newest subscribers is, is Tony, a creative director from Airbnb. And we oh, yeah? were talking yeah, yesterday. Shout out to Tony. <laughs> Tony. <laughs> He's like, that's awesome. Um, yes, Dan? Please pardon the silence. Dan likes to just walk up and, and express something <laughs> here and there. You know, so. <laughs> Thank you. I was thinking about, about ancient Greece. <laughs> this time it was, he went to get the mail and he wanted to show me some mail. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, with that, I was expressing this idea that I've been thinking about in the past two months, maybe a month and a half. And I don't understand it yet. And I'm really trying to figure it out. Is there a way to create a company that doesn't have to go the Delaware C Corp route, creating vesting shares and such and having equity pools just for your employees and then equity pools for shareholders and stuff. And then going to an IP, IPO and having all the bureaucracy and all the lawyers and legal documents. Is there a way to create a tokenized company with a governance token possibly that is able to do all the things of a, a Delaware C Corp with regards to governance, structure, tokenization, distribution of equity, and have it be totally decentralized. And then you automatically have voting rights built in. And anybody in the early stages who just pieces out, then like I like I find the one-year vesting cliff and the four-year vesting schedule to be very old school. And I think it's actually really unhealthy in a certain way, having gone through it myself at certain times where you're like, I have one month left, even though I've been at a company for over a year now, just getting to that year for me was like really difficult because I was like, I feel forced at nine months to stay here for three more months. I feel upset, you know, like I, and I see the, the pros and cons of, of vesting schedules and such, but I really do think proof of work is important in a certain sense, but I do wonder if like proof of work without such hard cliffs with a bit more dynamic even you get a token per day distribution right we weren't able to do that you can only go to carta and get so much and right now it's every month you get vested but if there's a way probably weeks or days are too bit too little but if there's a way to create a governance scheme of x amount of people can like one idea was if you have in the beginning of a startup you have no one and say for me for example just I'm a designer, developer, uh, a mediocre developer and designer, but I want to get someone that's better, right? And I don't want to do any of it. Say I'm, I'm just like working and I'm like, whatever. If I wanted to get a designer, they're, they're, I, I could pay them or something. But also if you wanted to give them equity, it's not a thing until you have to pay two grand to have a Delaware C Corp filed in Delaware, or you do an LLC and you don't really get equity shares and stuff because it's an LLC and then you have to pay a lawyer a thousand dollars an hour to even get a, a, a the, the, the document written. I forget what it's called. And so I just think like, even just to start up a company right now takes so much time and work and effort and money from bureaucracy and lawyers. I'm just like, how does one, two ideas, first idea, how does one, and what are, I'm sure there are for this, how does one create a Webflow UI for creating smart contracts, right? The first, first thing. So it's just easy for anybody, drag and drop in a way. And the second one is, how does one spin up companies really quickly in a decentralized way that allows for governance and token economics to be done and for allowing for equity uh, transfer, whatever, just dissemination, I guess, or spreading out? and governance and voting structures built in for voting on a new feature, right? Like, like why can't 
I, I don't know. I just, I don't know enough about it yet, but that's kind of where I'd be interested in trying next just for fun. <laughs> that would be really cool. I think Coinbase was trying to do some fancy stuff with, uh, instead of an IPO, they would issue some kind of token and have uh, sort of similarities to with some of the things you're suggesting, su suggesting, but uh, I think a lot of that stuff wasn't really fleshed out yet. And so they were too down, too far went. down the series raises on real fiat. So oh, yeah. there's, it's, I think it's because like Delaware C Corp legalese with a lot of shareholder stuff. And then a lot of people that they probably raised from that aren't all just cutting edge investors. And some mm -hmm. probably wanted more the IPO route. And once you're at a certain level in certain series, A, B, C, D, the, you don't have full say, of course, as everyone knows, you've got board mm -hmm. members that have equity stake and they have voting rights and they have investor voting rights and employees don't have anything, right? So different class shares. And so with all of that, their train basically sailed. Even though they were one of the first that probably could have strong-handed mm -hmm. it, they weren't able to, is how I see it. And no company yet far has been able to... I've only seen two types of companies, right? There's, you know... Tesla and Amazon, Google, Facebook, Coinbase, IPOs, goals of everybody. The other one is if you start a startup, the other goal, like one goal is to go IPO, right? The other goal is to go the base camp route, like David Hannemeyer Hansen and lots of other people who just go the lifestyle business, quote unquote, but they mm -hmm. have a really good valuation or return on profits every year so that they can be self-sustaining and grow at a consistent pace, but they don't grow at exponential paces, but they have a lot more control and maintain a lot more equity. So it's basically this trade-off right now, like exponential yeah. scale for a lot of loss of rights and, and power or control, and then staying here, but with the risk of maintaining lifestyle company and never really making breakout velocity. So mm -hmm. I guess that's what kind of also really started it last week to think more on it was the IDO idea from Eugene but the fact that we have US regulations and such. I'm wondering about just how even to make an, a token right now. So I don't know how to get too detailed, but I'm wondering if there's like a way to just spin up a token and then do something in the middle kind of people can buy in and buy out, invest in, invest out uh, with wa wallet atomic swaps and whatever for whatever coin you're on and token you're on, so. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Like, uh, I think it's important to note that Coinbase was still uh, the first company of its kind and it had a successful IPO. Like, it was a crypto, it was a, mm -hmm. it was, it was a primarily crypto company that had a successful IPO. So, like, that, that says a lot. Huge, huge. But yeah, I don't know. I see, I see what you're saying. You're saying like if we had this blockchain slash smart contract universe, uh, instead of paying for uh, all these lawyers and all these fees to, to get something uh, legally started as a company, we could use some of these decentralized tools to, to lower the barrier to getting some kind of company started um and distribute yeah. voting rights and governance and yeah uh, yeah and just like automate the things that maybe in the past you had you had like an investor relations team or maybe you had yeah i don't know right like one massive issue is an early founder i have a, one of my closest friends from san francisco that's not you she started a cricket chip startup with a friend and they got, you know, they got on Shark Tank and got investment from Cuban himself, Mark Cuban, right? So they go good them. But one of their biggest problems in the beginning with their crypto company was they had the three co-founders and their third co-founder was kind of like, a, I don't know, the art, artistic designer or something, but then wanted to do other things. So they kind of had disagreements and she had to go part ways, right? But mm -hmm. the biggest problem is with a lot of new founders and a lot of people that don't have the type of lawyers, which none of us can afford is they didn't have a truly good founders agreement slash, I forget the, the real name. I haven't talked about startups in so long for the real document. And in the real document, they didn't have a very good way to do vesting cliffs and whatnot 
for equity disbursements. And so mm-hmm. that lady and all three of them had equity, right? There wasn't a very good vesting schedule. And so when the lady was not doing very much compared to the others, they started, the other two started to feel it was very disproportionate while she's getting a similar amount of equity type thing. Even though, of course, it can never be perfect. It's like a relationship. There is that moment where it's like too much, right? And someone just then wants to walk away and going cold feet. So if someone went cold feet, she, in a, in a perfect world, should have just gotten a proportion of what she had, right? Or, mm-hmm. you know, if there weren't cliffs and such that were miswritten and stuff, they would have just been vesting equally. And if she left, then she would just stop here and the others would keep vesting. But that didn't happen. So that's why I'm like, this is one of the massive issues for most new startups and founders. People are figuring out their stuff. People come and go. People don't like the stress. People don't like the amount of time or whatever. And you just have to have more lawyers, right? You have to have a really good thing. So if there could be a smart contract of your God, I really wish I remembered the name, but best schedule agreements for everybody. And just daily tokens are deposited. That's freaking cool. Or weekly, say. Uh, yeah, I think that'd be really cool. Or monthly. Uh, or tri-monthly. I just don't think... Or, or just every second. Andreas Antonopoulos has a, oh, has a talk where he talks about uh, the idea of streaming money. Huh. What is this? Tell me more. Uh, it's also it's also in his book, The Internet of Money. But I mean, he's he's going to do a way better job than I am. But he, all he all he says is, if we have any good enough layer two solution, which uh, the Lightning Network could be, then you can just like we can live in this world where instead of getting paid every two weeks or getting paid twice a month, we're just always slowly getting paid. That's amazing. Yeah, that sounds amazing. Yeah, I love it. The thing is, how does one do that? That's amazing. Yeah, the transaction per section throughput's the biggest problem. My goodness. Yeah, I was wondering, as you said that is, do you know of a source that has a comparison of the transaction per seconds currently of everything with layer one, and then another one of comparisons of the layer twos, and then another one of the proposed solutions of the next eight months to three years of the transactions per seconds that they could ascertain. No. Okay. Trying to find sounds like a question for Google. Yeah. Yeah. But it's hard to Google that. I'll have to find it though. Um, Yeah. Cause that's what I want to, cause that's what's making me less and less convinced about Bitcoin that I don't understand yet enough about transaction per seconds compared to like a visa network transaction per second throughput. Mm-hmm. Even with the Lightning Network, I don't think it scales up to fast enough. And if it keeps scaling, I don't think it scales up fast enough. Or maybe it does with the layering system you're talking about. So I need to learn more about that. But with regards to you know these other ones, as I'm learning more about like Cardano and Ethereum and stuff, they're really proposing that they can do a lot more throughput for transaction per second. But I wanna I wanna get to the details before I start spewing anti-Bitcoin propaganda. Yeah, propaganda, <laughs> exactly. I still like mm-hmm. Bitcoin a lot. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I just assume that it's being worked on. I mean, there there is that uh, textbook I showed you about the Lightning Network, but yeah, I think I, 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 think I read like one page of the book and then I was just like, I'm going to go do something else. <laughs> Like it's, it's dense stuff. I don't know how people do it. Like, yeah. Well, there, there we go. Talking about Bitcoin again. <laughs> yeah. That, that, that was funny that the question to start a startup ended up back at crypto. Of course. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I do, I do feel like crypto is a space where they're, you know, it's, it's, if the assumption that it's the next big wave is true, then there's a lot of opportunity for, for startups. Whereas, whereas if, if you or I opened a bakery, it's going to have to be a really good bakery for it to survive. Every loaf would be backed by an NFT. <laughs> block bakery. <laughs> the neighborhood block 
chain black bakery <laughs> would you be interested in starting a startup or would you do it again have you what are you thinking uh i would be interested in doing the lifestyle business that you mentioned so i would i think it would be cool to make a really niche software product and then just like be really good at that one thing to a point where it's not worth it for vendors to build it themselves and instead you're just working on this little startup thing and and i i would i would definitely go the base camp approach where i love that i love yeah. that yeah i don't know about the ip approach it just doesn't seem fun to be honest and i would the lifestyle seems amazing and then if you can descent like sprinkle in a bit of tokens seems like it could be fun. <laughs> let's give it all about sprinkling in some tokens i think they're so governance. cool i don't know i don't understand yeah or, or if it's just like a small thing sure but they seem fun yeah. i just want to write a smart contract give me two weeks that's my goal is to write my first smart contract cool i don't Go know what it. but i don't know which one i'm gonna write it in and that's why i'm doing so much research on the three top smart contract players i think uh ethereum uh solidity ecosystem might have the most documentation but i don't know like it's just mm -hmm. it's just like has the biggest developer ecosystem and i've heard solidity is pretty close to javascript but yeah that it would be sense. cool it just just be like if it's monday like make the background blue yeah or something yeah. like that yeah exactly like just something totally random if monday deposit a satoshi in john's wallet great you're <laughs> welcome you're gonna be wealthy man oh sweet uh but yeah i i i don't have interest in creating the next trillion dollar company i that doesn't sound fun yeah. except if you can do it anonymously thinking about that i wouldn't want to be wealthy and known maybe in like a small little circle or marketplace but if you pull a zuckerberg and you have to go to like thailand and with bodyguards life just seems it just isn't worth it to be wealthy in my opinion like anonymity just, is so important it's a small cost like i think he had a conversation with his wife when he was thinking about selling facebook and he he was he, he for him it was just kind of like okay we could we could uh, sell the company and then just retire and live like a perfectly comfortable life and and i think i think he was just like ah but i like building things like i don't know what else i would do if i didn't have this company so he didn't sell and like all of his board members were like what the heck like why would you not sell to AOL or whatever company yeah. it was but um Yeah, can't even imagine that life, like taking private jets and like, like speaking to Congress. Like, I, uh, yeah, none of that sounds interesting or appealing. Uh, the yeah. the thing is just like even like Obama or any president, they still have to go around as security guards, right? Even after they're the president, they're still president, right? Yeah, it just doesn't. Like, I wonder how Satoshi did it. Like that would, that's something I play around with is, is it possible to start a company that's totally anonymous? <laughs> like seriously, and see where it goes, but truly anonymous, kind of like Satoshi played it. And is it possible? And if so, or, or it could just be, you could just be known in your circle. Like there are, yeah. there aren't that many like big tech companies and like yeah like most 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 ceos are just going about their normal lives like let's say like even if we wanted that like there's it's most likely not going to happen that's true that's a good way to put it actually that makes yeah, sense so don't want to risk it though no, i'm just kidding <laughs> no, i'm totally i'm not that big of an ego but with regard with regards to um you though would it what would it be do you know what it would be you have like a fun idea you'd want to do or are you just still exploring oh like a business yeah yeah for your your lifestyle business that's either on or off the blockchain uh 
might be a might be a podcast <laughs> so so uh to our one or two listeners if you know any sponsors come hit us up <laughs> all right all right so this is the idea that i've been thinking about every episode we have every week we have a token that we say if you do something you get this token and then people over time can accrue tokens get <laughs> an easter egg per episode so it's kind of like hey, if you want early advice if you want to set that up that's like what my project i've been thinking about i was like how do i do this if if you want to set it up i'll i did the website you do the nft thing (laughs) i'll do our tokenomics dude all right i'm down i'm turning like red this is super fun um Um, but oh you're muted again no i'm not uh it is is m m t m t e a (laughs) what's that our our token acronym. Uh, I don't know. Make make up whatever you want. MT. I don't know. Okay. I've been telling people about Moon T, and it's actually been really funny. I didn't realize that T would be so confusing. I'm like, yeah, it's the Moon T podcast. I'm like, Moon M O N T, as in T, the letter T. And I'm like, no, like drink T on the, moon. the website. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it was just on a phone the last two uh, times I talked about it and so yeah <laughs> but uh yeah i think i think oh, a really just cool send up the website i never yeah. thought about that moonteapodcast.com that's why that's why I made oh it. i've been searching up youtube tab you know no, the, no, no, the link is we right have there. like oh my god that's smart all right <laughs> or go to the website and then send them whatever the youtube links to yeah that makes total sense cool because uh, if you type moon tea it's someone else it's like this band of a thousand subscribers oh yeah like, that's okay yeah. Um, but I, I think it's I think it's really cool when people interview other people, and then people like random people listen. Like I, I think that's a really cool job. And so, and so this this podcast is just a way for me to be like, all right, how do I work towards this? And it. it may it's or may not skill. work out. It may or may not work out. But I think it's really cool. Like, how cool would it be to be like, oh, hey, my favorite writer is writing their next book. Why don't you come on, like promote your promote your book, and I get to talk to you. Seriously, not into that. Absolutely. Um, Do who, we should we should try to find someone to keep practicing that. Last night, last night, uh, week was really fun with Eugene. So, we yeah, should find someone. Yeah, I mean, it's probably it's gonna start with our friends. So, we can we can figure that out. Um, but yeah, I guess I'm I'm open to making some kind of product or service if i see a big enough problem and i'm capable of fixing it and like other people want that thing but like i would not want to start a company because i want to start a company like it it just doesn't sound like a being a ceo before i knew what that entailed seemed really fun but then when i saw what that entailed i was like ah this sucks why would you want this job <laughs> that's um, exactly i was like doing that startup that didn't go anywhere and <clears throat> big dreams and in the past 2 years i've been like i don't know i don't think i would have wanted that actually that sounds terrible i'd have white hairs <laughs> yeah yeah and it's like actually i like i like being a dev and i like having like two meetings a week and then the rest of the time just heads down like fixing stuff like that's actually that's actually pretty nice and maybe there are ceos who have it like that but i i suspect that most do not but um yeah oh well we're right around time and since you opened i shall close wait do you have any any final parting thoughts nothing for me fantastic Uh, love you all cool well thank you to our one or two listeners again for listening to another episode of the moon tea podcast with uh your co-host me john kim and him hugh berryman uh tune in next week for another episode and until then i don't know i don't have a catchphrase but see y'all later peace peace (laughs) 